Hello and welcome. You're listening to Start Again with Shauna Lee, sponsored by Kit McKillop, Reiki Master and Intuitive Guide. This is the place where you will be reminded that it's never too late and you're never too old to do the damn thing. So stick around if you're ready to vibe higher and be inspired to chase your dreams. Together, we will uncover your soul's truest desires. Now, if you're ready, let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I have a new guest for you to meet today. Jocelyn is the fur baby pet care owner and founder, and I am so excited for you to meet her and hear all about her journey to entrepreneurship. Jocelyn, thank you for being here. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is so nice to meet you. And I'm really excited to kind of dive into your story and hear about your journey. So I guess as a good starting point, if you'll just let everyone know who you are, where you're located, a little bit about your business, um, and then we'll jump into our questions. Yeah. So uh, I have Fur Baby Pet Care. We're a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week dog daycare facility in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. And uh, we are staffed 24-7, which is unique to to our city. Um, so drop off and, and pick up times is any time of the day or night. And uh, we also do grooming and training and uh, I'm a certified canine massage therapist and we do in-home visits as well. Amazing. You are a full stop shop. Yeah. When it comes to taking care of those fur babies. I love it. I also love that you've, you've used the words fur baby because that's how I refer to them. I think that's amazing. That's uh, that's where I came up with the name, right? Cause that's, we deal with pet parents. We don't deal with pet owners. We deal with pet parents. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. Well, so tell us a little bit about how you have embraced this idea of starting again. Well, so in 2015, a good 20 years into my career in finance, um, there was a life-altering situation that happened to me, and uh, it was... uh, I was I was raped in my own bedroom by oh one goodness. of my, oh my by one of my son's friends who was over, you know, for a party that my son was having, and it rocked my world. You know, it it was a really really tough time. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Um, you know, I was in my forties, and you know, you just kind of don't believe that someone in, that doesn't happen to someone in your forties. I'm a mother. It doesn't happen to mothers. You know, like you just, all these not necessarily rational thoughts come into your head, but, um, you know, it was, uh, it was hard. Um, And what had really come from that is that I really started to question humanity and Mm. not trusting people. You know, I was afraid to be alone with people. I was afraid to walk to my car. Um, you know, in, in my world of finance, I had met with clients anytime, day or night, weekends. 
I didn't think anything about, you know, walking alone to a car in a dark parking lot. I, I kind of, I guess, felt I was invincible. Um, but that, you know, smacked me in the face and told me different. So, although I didn't have a fear of my clients, of course, um, I was so uneasy um, with getting to and from appointments. Uh, also, for those in the industry, uh, at least up here is in Canada, it's a very male-dominated industry. And mm-hmm. um, I was becoming even uncomfortable around my colleagues. And I just knew that something had to change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I can... I- I, I can understand from hearing you tell your story how your sense of safety was rocked, right? It, it yeah. was, and we know that as a foundation, if you look at the, what is it, Maslow's hierarchy of human needs, safety and stability is the very bottom foundation. So when that is in question to us, yeah, it affects everything and how you maneuver through the world. So how did you take that experience and how it affected you and make the decision that you needed to leave your corporate job, your world of finance and start working with animals? Well, the first thing, um, you know, I did was take a little bit of time off because I had to heal from Mm -hmm. some of the injury um, and, and then of course I, I pressed charges and after going through that experience, I definitely know why a lot of people don't report it because, yeah, you know, I, I think it's interesting that you said, of course you press charges when we know that so many people do yeah. not. Yeah. And that's after that experience, it just blew my mind what what I had to continue to relive and go through and um, but I you know wasn't gonna let it go and so it happened in July 2015 and fast forward to September of 2017 is when we finally went to court so um, I stayed, it is a long time. So I stayed in my, in my corporate job until July of 2017. And at that point, you know, I had felt like I was kind of a walking zombie for those two, two years. I know I was just kind of faking the role and I knew it was time for me to, to exit. Um, I had a great senior partner. We sat down, talked about it, you know, planned my, you know, leaving from the industry and I felt like I needed from July to September to prepare myself to be able to take the stand and I don't know the rules or how the law works in the United States but I found out in Canada that rape is actually a crime against the crown and not against a person. Okay, so this is different in the United States. Help me understand what a crime against the crown means. Okay, so a crime against the crown means that it's it's a crime against 
um, basically against the law. So it doesn't, it's not related to a person. And I am just a witness in that crime. So, mm, wow. Although anybody who's been involved can say that they definitely are more than just a witness. However, that's the way the law is in, in Canada. So that was really hard for me to comprehend and accept. And yeah. I needed the time to prepare to be able to sit in a courtroom and face this person and tell the story of everything that happened because of course they wanted everything in detail. Yeah. So we, um, yeah, I took off in July, took the time to try and mentally and emotionally prepare. Nothing can ever prepare you for it. Um, court happened in September and um, he was found not guilty. They, oh, oh my yeah, they I am so sorry to hear they that. They basically said it was consensual, which definitely wasn't. Um, so then that was, that was tough. And what I mm -hmm. did is I, you know, we could, we had the right to appeal, but I didn't feel I could go through, through that exposure and, Again. you know, that raw, that rawness again and uh, I decided no it's been decided um, I'm gonna move on um, one of the things that that I wanted to at least it's it's been out there so that if he ever decides to do that again um, it will come back up in from his history um, you know we did learn that he actually had a pattern um, but any of the other girls that we had talked to were, you know, too, too afraid. And most of them were young. So um, they're just too afraid to, to come out and do that. So, but well, at least if anything, I've, I've got the first case down. So if he does decide to continue his pattern or, you know, best case scenario, he's learned his lesson and don't do that. Um, Either way, I did my part. That is um, an that is an amazing amount of bravery for you to come forward and withstand everything that it took for you to publicly share that experience. And you did that not only for yourself, but for those other girls who didn't have the courage to do that. And hopefully, like you said, there aren't future victims, but you you paved the way for a lot of women so that's really commendable thank you thank you so after that you know that was in september um i needed time to grieve and yeah. I, what yeah. i did is you know of course with the support of my family yeah my my family was super supportive through the whole process and what i did is 
I gave myself a date and it was January 1st of 2018. And I said, between now and then, I have permission to grieve and do whatever I need to do to get through that process. Um, but as of January 1st, I needed to, I always call it, put my big girl panties on and figure out what the next steps were. I say the same thing, by the way. <laughs> so I did. I I spent a lot of days where I didn't get out of bed, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I cried and you know, I was in a fetal position um, because the incident happened, you know, in my bedroom we actually were sleeping in the living room mm-hmm. um, you know and and so I had to get comfortable with moving back to to the bedroom within that time period as well um just everything you know and I had to figure out you know what is that next step going to be and I sat down with what do I love? What do I love to do? You know, that, you know, just did a whole soul search. Yeah. And ever since I was a little girl, I loved animals. Totally loved animals. Um, I always knew I could never be a vet, though. Um, the compassion fatigue would kill me. Yeah. You know, the minute one I had to put one down, I'd be done. I'd be- yeah. <laughs> um, so respect to veterinarians. I just knew that that was not going to be uh, for me and so what I did is I started just dog walking Um, doing dog walking or going into homes and and doing pet sitting I just put myself out there as someone to do that and so I started January 1st with zero clients and uh, just started getting one by one and um, would would take some daycare you know they someone needed a dog taken care of during the day so I bring them into my house to take care of them in my house Mm -hmm. so uh and by August I had two other people that were doing casual work for me because I was so busy I was working from sun up to sundown yeah yeah and uh fast forward a year August of 2019 we went into a 9,000 square foot building with a 6,500 square foot yard. Wow. And yeah, it was, uh, it was a big, bold move. And yeah, I didn't know if I was for it, but, but the right, the right building came along and, you know, I had my realtor is a friend of mine and, you know, I told her my dream and she went, I've got something for you. And I went, Whoa, I didn't think I was ready whoa. just yet. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't mean right now. <laughs> But when it comes along, you know, it's the opportunity, it's knocking. So, so forward we went and, um, yeah, I did, I hired eight people, um, in addition to those two that were already, you know, doing work and we did renovations and opened up our 24 hour pet care. And I love this story so much, not the heartbreak and the trauma, but what you did afterwards and how you started with something seemingly very small, like walking dogs as a way to 
do something that you love and focus on something positive and that's, you know, feeding your soul. Uh, and then it just, this is what I think the universe does. It gives us a little tidbit and we take the one little step and then we think about what the next step might be. Like I would say most people don't venture out and know what step 10 is going to look like. Some people have an idea or a dream that big, but I I think most of the time it happens the way you've described, which is I took one step and then I took another and then I took another. And, and yes, sometimes it is like, oh, hold on a second. Maybe I'm not quite ready for this next step, but you did it anyways. That's amazing. That's amazing. So I see a lot of inspiration in your story, but I always think it's helpful to ask other people when you look at your story and your journey, what do you, what inspires you most about it? The biggest thing in the whole story is actually giving yourself permission to pause when you need it. So many people just keep going on because they feel like they have to. Mm -hmm. And they push down the pain Mm -hmm. and it always comes up. And if you don't deal with it, it's going to come up more ferocious and bigger bite you in the butt. Yep. um, Right. When you don't want it or expect it. Yes. So if you're struggling with something, take the time and give yourself that permission to pause because you're going to be ready for the next opportunities when they come. Yeah. I think that's, that's so true. Uh, A lot of people just power through and try to ignore the pain or numb it in some way. Um, But I like how you said, give yourself permission to pause. Um, When I wrote about this phase in my book, I actually devoted the whole chapter to grief and actually grieving the loss. Um, I, I think we're we're talking about the same thing there, but it's just really giving yourself the permission to take a beat and to take a breath and to care for yourself in the way that you need to. And a lot of times that is just grieving, like you said. Um, yeah, that's very wise. Did you know I'm Reiki certified? My Reiki master and intuitive guide, Kit McKillop, is sponsoring this episode. While I am certain her intuition is spot on, don't simply take my word for it. Her gentle spirit will guide you along your path in a way that feels like home. She has opened registration for a new class offering called Claim Your Energy, which is designed to help empaths and highly sensitive people learn the basics of energetic exchange. Do you ever wonder why it can be overwhelming and feel draining to be in large groups of people? She will teach you easy tools and techniques to ground, center, and shield your energy in this course. Claim your energy with Kit at kitmckillop.com. Use promo code SIMPLYSHAUNA to save 20%. Now let's get back to the show. So as you look back on your journey, um, I talk a lot on this podcast about the lessons we learn along the way, and we're all gaining wisdom and knowledge and blah, blah, blah. Um, But Mm -hmm. I have found that in those lessons, there's usually a common theme. So if you were to look at yours, what do you think is the common theme in your lessons? 
just keep going. Mm, that's good. You know, it's, um, with every, if, if you look at my growth, you know, we started with, like I said, the dog walking and then added, you know, more things, added things into the house and, and then to get the building and, you know, we've added service, you know, and the other thing, you know, which almost killed us was COVID. Yes. COVID came along and there, there's, of course, pros and cons to everything. But when COVID came along, well, nobody needed us mm-hmm. because they're all taking care of their own yeah, dogs. Yeah. yeah, I know a lot and, of people who got pets during COVID because they were home. Right. Yes. So that ended up being a pro for us because when they started, even when they started doing Zoom calls and Zoom meetings, they started going, okay, I need my dog to go somewhere so I can be on these yes. meetings. Yes, yes. So we ended up, you know, getting the benefit of that. But there was, you know, when, you know, in March, when everything shut down here in Canada, um, we had nobody. And so I had to lay off all my staff. Oh, wow. Which was, which just broke my heart. Yeah. Because, you know, I knew that this is their livelihood. And, and then I went from 24 hours to 12 hours because there was nobody needing us for 24 hours, but I still wanted to stay open the 12 hours because in Canada, we were still considered an essential service. Mm. And so even if only one dog came in, I wanted to be there for that one dog. Yeah. So I worked on other things while I was there and, um, and we did, we'd, we'd have one dog one day and no dogs next three dogs, you know, it was just kind of, so all manageable by one person. Um, in May, it started to pick up so I could start to hire on a couple staff. We started to offer grooming and we started to offer training. So we started to pivot a little bit mm-hmm. and make sure to find other opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, because as you mentioned, everybody got dogs. So guess yes. what they need? They Train. need training. Yes. Yeah. And uh that's so yeah. That's a really brilliant ability that you had to be able to pivot. I think um that's the key differentiator for the businesses that made it during COVID and those that didn't. Your ability to say, okay, this is a shitty circumstance. What the hell do I do now? And be able to see that there still was a need and that there might be a different need moving forward. That's really incredible. Again, just keep going. Yeah. Just keep going. Yeah. You know, just no kidding. Going. And so, yeah, and it just continued to balloon and grow. And I, you know, was hiring people back and hiring new people. Um, you know, and today we're at about 30 staff. Wow. That we need to run the business. Yeah. So it's it's grown a lot. Um, we have a great reputation in in Saskatoon and we love what we're doing you know it's you know I I have some great staff and I just can't imagine doing anything else yeah that's incredible I love this story so much. Um, so my next question is one of my favorites. Um, and I'm a little hesitant to ask you, but um, here we are. Um, so when you think back to the younger you, what advice would you give her? Depends on how young we go. Yes. Um, That's up to you. <laughs> yeah. So really in my, 
my my 20 year old self i would say just keep going you're you're doing it you know mm-hmm. like and you know i had i mean we could be on this podcast for for a long time if i told you about some of my early life experiences yeah. but um you know it's like yeah we had some ups and downs there but just keep going you know you, you figure you figure it out yes. and and i i had a great career in my 30s it was like damn best de- best day decade ever you know i i i rocked the 30s it was you know great we had great family experiences you know my my kids that's their growing up decade kind of wow. thing and um, I, my job was, you know, was doing great. I was, you know, the, the money was not an issue. Um, so we had, we had a great thing. So again, in thirties, just enjoy. Yeah. Oh yeah. The forties. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> because, uh, it was, it was the year of or not the year, the, the decade kind of a crisis after crisis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, again, just back to just keep going, you know, it's yeah. giving, giving yourself the permission to get through it, but just keep going. It'll, it'll work itself out. Um, yeah. Have any like big wise things I no, I, I think would just, I think that is I wise. Oh. I would just give her a hug. Yeah, yeah, because you didn't need it. Yeah, I you know I will say um, when I ask this question to all of my podcast guests, um, all the different variations of wisdom that come out. It's just like I I get fed during the answering of this question, um, but it is equally balanced between advice and just loving, nurturing that younger version, right? So it's, it's interesting to see how, how many women answer it both ways, both just from a, oh my gosh, I just want to hug her. She's just going to need a little extra loving. One of my guests told me one time, I, the younger me wouldn't listen to advice, so I don't have advice for her, but I would just want to hold her. (laughs) And I thought, well, that's true that's, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah, I, I could say that would have been me yeah. too. I would have been like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, it's one of my favorite questions to ask because it's it's so good. Um, well, okay. So when we shift gears from looking at the past and talking about the present, and then we look towards the future, um, what do you now believe is possible for your own life? Oh, I believe anything's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, Whatever, whatever you can see in your mind's eye is there. Yes. And um, there are no, there are no um, things to hold you back. They just are, are bridges to creating more opportunities and I just feel that it's all in how you look at, it's all in the perception of how you look at any interaction in life. And if you look at it and I was watching a, 
a program last night and it was about two brothers, you know, who grow up in the same household, have the same issues. And um, one took it and became famous and millionaire and you lived his life was this amazing famous person the other one you know dead from drinking and driving and having a bad life oh wow they both had the same they're both looking at the same thing yeah but their perceptions were opposite yeah that's that's a really great example of what I always say (laughs) it's it's all about the story you're telling yourself about whatever the thing is you're looking at. It's all about the story. And, you know, whether you're talking about, you know, what do you want to do for a career? Or if um, like one of the things I, I do is, is teach people how to date again after divorce. Like it doesn't matter what the thing is. It's the story you're telling yourself about the thing that matters, mm-hmm. which is the difference of those two sons in that story is the story one told themselves catapulted them into, you know, publicity and what we think is success. And then the other didn't. And their stories were different. I tell you about the same situation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so this is not a question that I um, sent you in advance or that I've asked anyone else, but I think I would like to start asking this question. And that is if someone came to you and said, I want to start a business. I I don't know what I'm going to do. I just know what I'm doing right now. I don't want to keep doing. What would you tell them? Sit down, write a list of what you love and nothing is out of bounds. So if you love pink, put that you love pink. I do love maybe pink actually. Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. Because maybe pink something is going to be your... your new business but whatever you love you just write it down and you don't even have to do you don't do it in one sitting because your brain won't compute it all in one sitting yes so bring notebook bring that notebook along with you uh in your purse and then the next time you're like oh i actually like chocolate ice cream okay i'm gonna write down what ice cream um you know i really find a lot of joy from coffee shops oh hey now maybe it's a coffee shop that you know is is in pink and offers chocolate ice cream, right? Like, oh, that sounds amazing, actually. (laughs) It's just like pulling things out of my head, right? But these are, find the things you love that are going to give you power, that are going to give you energy. Mm -hmm. So there's enough things out there in life that are going to suck your energy. Find the things that give you energy. And when you have your own business, you can work... Uh, unfortunately, but you you will find, especially in the early stages, you'll work 16 hour days and yeah, they'll be long, but they don't seem as long because you're all energized because it's your baby. It's yes. your business. And- you know, you're hitting on a really, really good point because um, I think that's one of the things that stops people from pursuing a dream is they're afraid of how much work it's going to take and how many hours they're going to have to put in. But if we could just show the difference about what it, how it feels to work 16 hours a day at a job you hate versus 16 hours oh. at a, at a career or business that you love, that fires you up, that energizes you, 
that feels different. And the 16 hours doesn't feel like a lot at all. I would say it's almost equivalent to four hours at a job you hate to 16 hours at a job you love. Yeah. You know, it's been an equal amount of time. It's not. Because I I personally can't imagine spending time doing something I hate. I, um, I, I was fortunate or I made the decisions throughout my life to always work somewhere I loved. So I I had a pen pal in Chicago. She's like, you're one of those crazy people that actually loves what they do. And I'm like, choices I made, right? Yeah, it's not crazy at all. It's crazy that more people don't do it. Don't. That's what I think. Yeah. Yes. And and so make your choices and, and go for those opportunities and live your dreams and find people to talk to. It's lonely at first. Oh my gosh. Yes, it is. Find some mentors, find some mentors, reach out. Anybody who's done it before, they're more than happy to help give you guidance. And that is such a wise point that you just made because um, I I was talking to a, a early stage entrepreneur one time and she was struggling with some aspect of her business. I don't even remember the details, but she want, she needed to be able to move to the next stage and do something that she didn't know how to do. She didn't know how to jump over this hurdle. And she was coming to me as a confidant and I didn't know the answer to the question. And so I told her, and, and the reason I could tell, give her this advice was because I knew I was doing the same thing. Um, you have to ask somebody who's already done this thing, how to do it. You can't ask just the people in your life. I, I use, you know, my family and friends as my springboard often for, you know, a new business idea or whatever, but I can't lean on them for guidance if they've never done the thing that I'm trying to do. And I think a lot of people forget about that. And so I think when it comes to choosing a mentor, you you need to make sure that you're doing that in a way that you're you're finding someone who's already accomplished this thing. One, they're always willing to share their successes and how they did it to help somebody else. Um, but you need to know that their guidance is justified, you know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. And if they don't have the answer, they, they will be able to point you in the right way. Yes, it is true. Well, I am sure that some of my listeners in Canada are going to be near you and want to get out, get in touch with you to, um, have you help them with their fur babies. So how can people find you? Uh, well, our website is furbabysk.ca. We are also on Insta and TikTok and um, Twitter or whatever the X is now. Yes. And uh, it's the the at sign, furbabysk, for all of them. We have the same handle on all of them. Um and I'm more than happy to have anybody, you know, send me a personal email. And that's just my name, J-O-C-E-L-Y-N at burbabysk.ca. Amazing. Well, I'll be sure to give all those links in the show notes. But thank you so, so much for spending time with me and oh. for sharing your story. I know that it is um, one that is painful to share. Um, and I know that it will be valuable for people who are listening. Thank you. Did you like this episode or did you love it? 
Inquiring Minds Want to Know. The best way to support this show is to subscribe and leave a review. I can't wait to hear what you have to say. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Thank you.